This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie, who has amazing pull quotes like this. Whoa, Snob Hill. That was a good quote. I like that one. Today's feature presentation is Lady and the Tramp again, but we're doing the 2019 version this time. Cool. What's what's the deal with this one, Katie? I don't know. It's a movie about dogs again. <laughs> it's weird because we just watched, like, okay, hang on. Before we even get into it, what's becoming quickly apparent is that some of these remakes that we're watching when we do these, like, double features are a re-envisioning of the whole thing. And they do different things, right? Like it's a different story and it ties into some of the iconography. Alice is a good example of this. Um, Some of these live action remakes are like the exact same movie and the exact same plot. And it feels like we just watched the same movie twice. And this one lands in that category. I mean, it has some noticeable differences and they change some certain things about it. Yeah. But it's the exact same plot. Like, it is. The core plot is the same. And most of the plot beats are the same, too. Um, you know, I pulled a history for this one, and there's not a whole lot because it's a very recent movie. The main thing to know about it is that it was part of the initial wave of Disney Plus original content right when the Disney Plus service came out, which was only last November. It hasn't even been out for a whole year yet. So on day one, this movie was there. It feels like a million years ago, though. It does. It's been a weird year. Um, but we can kind of get right into this one. So high level thoughts on this one, Katie. What do you think? Okay. I actually did think that this movie was better than the original. I know you disagree with me. I do disagree with you. Yeah. I was going to let you say your piece, but if you're you're leaning into it. So yeah, I, I didn't dislike this one. I just like the animated original one better in this case, which is, I think, the first time that that's true out of these remakes that we've been watching. Yeah, I will say that. I mean, like normally... Uh, I mean, we haven't watched a lot of remakes, so I can't because there's certain ones that I don't like more than the other. But for this one, yeah, I think I liked the changing of the story a little bit more. And I like that they increased the focus on the family. So they made it much more inclusive, like you actually spent more time with the family and they had a bigger role. So you saw much more of the humans than you got in the original And I think that's exactly why I land on the other side of this one. I really liked all they did to frame this up as a dog story in the original. All the effort they went to to make sure the focus was on the dogs and the people were kind of, you know, secondary and never really got the spotlight. Um, This one leans into the family as the focus so much more and the actual human actors, which in a way kind of like takes away from some of the dog story, in my opinion, anyway. I mean... It could potentially be that this movie was much more diverse than I'm assuming than the voice acting on the original film and also like visibly the people were it's a much more diverse cast. Right. Um, Yeah. So I did like that about it. Maybe part of the focus where they pulled it back more where you got to see more of the human interaction was because they were trying to show the diversity a bit more. Maybe it's possible. I mean, I mean, they didn't do diversity just for diversity's sake, or I could be wrong. I have no idea. But um, I did like that they did do that, that it made it much more of a diverse cast and it integrated more people into it. But it also made like the dog catcher so much more evil in this one. Yeah, totally. Like he's the bad guy in this one. Yeah. And that scary rat. 
I don't like rats. Yeah. Sorry. It's still the dog catcher and the rat, but you're right. The dog catcher in the animated one was much more, not not straight up evil, not straight up the bad guy. You know, he was kind of, he was doing his job and it was sad for the characters sometimes, um, you know, and he was the antagonist at some points, but he wasn't bad. Whereas in this one, like he's a bad guy. I mean, he makes it his personal mission that he just hates stray dogs. And I didn't like that. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. Um, for me, kind of like I said, you know, one of the main things that jumped out was that the people were more of a focus, like we talked about. The other thing was that the movie's longer. It's like a lot longer. Um, I think they added like 40 minutes to the runtime compared to the animated one. And I feel like a lot of that is because the focus was on the people more. So they're almost like doubling down on the secondary storylines in the movie, which just gives you a longer runtime. Um, and then the other thing that really jumped out to me was there are some very obvious CG dog moments in this, but there's also a lot of real dog moments. And it's interesting how they mix them because I can almost always tell, like in any given scene, if you asked me, I could tell you if that's a CG dog or a real dog. Um, but they cut back and forth enough that at some point in the course of watching the movie, I kind of stopped caring. You know, it's not that I stopped noticing, but it just kind of, it was like, oh, this is fine. This is the way it is. Yeah, I did notice that they did cut back and forth between being like actual dogs and then CG dogs. Obviously, like every time the dog talked, that was a CG dog. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but some of the other scenes where like the dog is running around and like when uh, when Lady is a puppy, like that's definitely a real dog. Oh, yeah. No, there's a ton of like just cute dog moments with like trained dogs. And I love those. Those were great. Um which kind of gets us into the moments, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot in this one that was just little stuff because I feel like all the big plot beats we kind of talked about in the last one, and this is the same plot. But at the beginning, there's this really cute um, scam that these puppies pull on Tramp to try to get his food. They're just like using their cute voices and their cute little faces. And he's like, I know what you're doing, but he gives into them anyway. I loved that moment. <laughs> when he was like, you're going to hit puberty and your voice is going to drop. And then this little ruse won't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they were yeah, like, was this great. was too easy. And he went through. OK, I did text you and said straight up the best part of this whole movie so far had been the way that Tramp pulled that scam to get the sandwich. Oh, yeah, that's great. He like... Get, stands up behind the lady. There's two people sitting on a bench, right? So it's like a lady and a guy eating a sandwich. And he wants the sandwich. So he comes up and he like loudly sniffs the lady who then assumes that the that the uh, the dude sitting on the bench was trying to sniff her or make a move. Yeah. So then she attacks him so that Tramp has a chance to grab the sandwich. He gets the sandwich though, so yeah. it worked out. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I thought it was really funny. I was like, "That's pretty. It's no. pretty good scam." There were a bunch of just like really small funny moments in this movie that, and they almost all worked for me. You know, they were never the point of a scene. They were never like a huge thing. But um, the part with like Tramp stealing the food was one. Uh, the other one that made me laugh was they're in the pet shop, and it's when. Um, they're going to buy the muzzle for Lady, which happens in both movies. Um, it's a very sad downbeat of the movie. And there's like chaos in the pet store because Lady's trying to escape and um, the aunt is trying to muzzle her and the owner's like, oh, you probably shouldn't muzzle that dog. And 
all of these birds have escaped their cages. And this lady, who's totally oblivious to anything going on in the shop, walks into the door and just goes, do you sell birds? And all of these birds just hit her right in the face. And it was, I just, I was not expecting it at all. And I laughed really hard at it. So that moment worked for me. It was so good, though. It was just like, oh. It reminds me of all of those moments, you know, working in customer service when somebody asks you, like, the dumbest question in a place where it's obvious that they do sell birds. Because they had tons of bird cages outside of the store, too. Like, after Lady Walks, yeah. that, like, runs out and you can see the front of the store. Do you sell birds? Nope. Then pow, right in the face with all the birds. It was just, <laughs> it was so well done. Was, I loved it. It was very, very good. Um, I do not like the ant. No. She's awful. She was bad in both movies, but I feel like she was worse in this one. Yeah, because she she it's clear that she doesn't like dogs. So there's like there's like those kinds of people that are that they like dogs and cats, but maybe they prefer one or the other. But she is yeah, definitely that's me. Yeah. She's a dog hater, this lady. That's not cool. No. And then her cats are also no. mean. Well, and yeah, she's the one that brings the Siamese cats in both movies, too, right? Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that's worth calling out here, because like one of the things we highlighted in the animated movie is that like that was a super just racist depiction, you know, of Asian people and specific like Siamese. Um, So like the Siamese cats in that movie were bad. It was probably like the worst part of that movie from a cultural standpoint in this one in the remake they completely redid that scene so that it's not at all about the cats or what type of cats they are and they made a completely new song from scratch um those cats also looked extremely fake in the cg which is just something i noticed as i was watching but i'm glad that they went out of their way to make a different song for that moment and to just treat the whole scene differently yeah they just made the cats evil that's all they basically did. yeah yeah, and I mean, they definitely suited the same personality as the ant because she was evil, and she automatically thought that the uh, that lady was the reason that all the stuff happened. It's very like Lucifer, Lady Tremaine kind of status, and that's why she takes Lady to be muzzled because she's like, "Well, this dog is just such a menace," and I'm like, "She is the sweetest animal on the planet, and you are just a bad person." <laughs> She's not good at all. <laughs> I just love also the fact that it wasn't because like in the animated one, right, they left the baby and they called the aunt to come and watch the baby and then also watch Lady. But in this one, they take the baby and leave her to dog sit, which was hilarious. It was great. So one of the things, even though the plot is essentially the same, there's a lot of tiny and like subtle tweaks that they make to bring it up to modern standards. And one of the things that jumped out at me in the the 1955 one, and I didn't call it out there because it's better to talk about it in the context here, is that they, it's like a month after they have the baby, they leave the baby with the aunt and they just go away on a trip for like a week. And like, that's not cool. You can't leave a one month old without its parent. Like, but in this one, like you said, they changed it up, right? They take the baby with them on their trip and they leave the dog and the aunt is dog sitting and she didn't even know it because she thought she was babysitting and I just loved it. It was such a great moment. <laughs> the look on her face, though, was like the audacity. Yeah. Well, and they do a couple other things, too, that are like callbacks to the original without being exactly the same thing. So like when Lady gets muzzled in the original one, they go to the zoo and they look around for a zoo animal to help her out of it and then 
tramp kind of scams this beaver into helping them escape it and then the beaver takes the muzzle off lady and they get out of there and so in this one um all they need to do is they like wedge the muzzle against something and then tramp like helps get it off with his teeth but the thing that they wedge against is a statue of a beaver and it looks just like the beaver from that cartoon in the original (laughs) that's really good i like that yeah that's very good i loved that callback oh my god that's so good. They also, the thing that they also changed was in the animated one when they muzzle her, she still has her collar on, right? With the. Oh, yeah. In this one, they take her collar off to put the muzzle on. And then when she takes off running, she doesn't have her collar on. So she gets dog napped by the, by the, um, the dog catcher. But then how do they yep. figure out like who her parent is? Like who her I think humans they just are? Come, I'll come looking for her in this one huh yeah it was weird but it's a lot of like little changes like that but nothing major in terms of the plot um one of the other things they added was tramp got a tragic backstory which (laughs) didn't really need to be there it was just to make you feel bad i didn't appreciate that they just make you make you want to feel bad for tramp but at the same time he's still a bad dog yeah i agree um and then the other thing that i have to call out is that like one of the best things about the other one, maybe not one of the best things, but one of the things I liked about the original was you get to the end of the movie and it's like, wow, that was kind of a journey of a movie. But then you get these cute puppies at the end. And I was thinking, no matter what we're putting up with to rewatch the same plot again, back to back, at least at the end of this one, we're going to get puppies and I can see some puppies. There were no puppies, Katie, no puppies at the end. I sat through all of the credits thinking maybe we'd get like an end credits Disney Marvel scene thing with puppies. No, there were no puppies. And I'm mad about it. I want to speak to Disney's manager. Okay, good luck. Um, What was there anything else with this one before we get on to the next? Um, They still did the whole rat thing, which I mean, I get it, I guess. Um, And... I was mad about the dog catcher just sort of like coming into their house. He's like, I need to stay here and wait because I know this dog's going to come here. And I'm like, first of all, excuse you, not your home. Second of all, why do you hate this dog so much? Yeah, he's got a vendetta. Um, Doesn't like Cool. Well, that probably gets us into the bad and the good. So the bad for this one, there wasn't a lot that was just straight up bad. The only thing that I called out here was that I don't think it does enough new to warrant a complete remake like this. That was the one thing for me. Was there anything for you? I mean, I've besides Alice in Wonderland, I feel like every single remake that goes from animation to live action, there's never really been a reason to do it. Yeah, I mean, I guess to make money for Disney. But yeah, in terms of storytelling, there's not we haven't found good examples yet. I'm hoping that we'll see more later because I haven't watched all the remakes. Have you? I've seen... I haven't seen The Jungle Book or The Lion King, but I saw like Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast. Uh, is that Empire? Is that it? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I know we'll get to them. Um, we'll assess as we come up to them. Uh, the good for this one, though, the dogs were really cute. And like I said, there were a few cute moments and interesting moments that they added. Nothing big, nothing huge, like plot changing that I thought worked for me, but a lot of the little beats, right? Like Tramp stealing the food and the lady getting hit in the face with the birds, little stuff like that that just, I, I liked those moments. Um, I thought the dogs were precious. I love that they kept the iconic uh, meatball spaghetti scene. 
yeah thing and i also i actually really liked the family moments like all the the moments that um that lady spent with her humans and stuff like that i really liked that and like when they introduced lady to the baby that was really cute yeah Um, cool yeah and then they invited like the neighborhood dogs over and he went and got snacks he goes where are the snacks at for the dogs i was like look yeah i like the neighborhood dogs a lot in both of the movies yeah, it was really cute. They did a great job. I like it. I like they it. did. They did a good job. So yeah. would you watch this one again? I said yes, because I actually like this one more than the animated one. And this is interesting because I I said no, but I think that's kind of a lie. I think yes, if the right circumstances, I'd watch this. But the, the thing that I landed on was if I'm looking at this and the animated one, I'm going to actually choose the animated one to watch again. Um I think they do a lot of interesting stylistic things and they have a much more uh, concise and like well-edited story in that one. So if I had to choose one or the other, I'm probably going to lean towards the original. So we kind of land on opposite sides of this. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. No, it's interesting. Um, So if you guys want to watch along with us, we have coming up next uh, The Descendants from 2015, Atlantis, The Lost Empire from 2001. We're going to do The Living Desert from 1953 and then Tangled from 2010 and Treasure Island from 1950. I mean, I'm glad we're doing Tangled because if I have to suffer through The Living Desert, I want to be able to watch something good. Yes, we picked a good one that we both know we like after The Living Desert because we do not know what to expect from that uh, very first Disney nature documentary. We will find out. Um, don't forget, we're part of a network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the Geekery blog, all that and more at geek2geekmedia.com. And that brings us to Weekly Geekery. Katie, what have you been up to? Um, well, I rewatched The Black Panther. It was really sad. Yeah. It was sad to watch That's fitting. it. Yeah. Oh, rest in peace, Chadwick. That's so sad. Yeah. Um, and so my sister is actually here. So my sister lives somewhere else, but she, her air conditioning doesn't work and it's very hot where I live. So she's um, staying at um, my house. <laughs> um, so we've been doing a CSI rewatch because she's determined to rewatch the entire series of CSI. <laughs> wow. Which is a lot, right? I mean, this is like the regular CSI, not New York or Miami. Um, yeah. But... It's been it's been interesting, like going back through because I've seen pretty much every episode up until like a certain point. Um, okay, we're not there yet, though, at the point where I like didn't watch the show anymore. But it, but you're getting there. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're getting there. I'm waiting for us to get to the miniature killer because I really like that one. <laughs> that like thing. <laughs> well, CSI okay. doesn't really have like a plot that goes across multiple episodes a lot of the time. It's just they're standalone. Almost all the time. Yeah, it's very episodic. Yeah, but the miniature killer is like one thing that during that entire season kept popping up that actually weaved between different episodes in that one season. So I'm excited to like get to those episodes. I don't know if it'll happen before my sister leaves to go back to her house. <laughs> okay. Um, But a very exciting thing happened because, you know, I love K-pop and I have a whole podcast dedicated to it. Um, BTS. Uh, they released their first song in full English last week. Um, it's called Dynamite. It's really great. It's a really great song. And they actually ended up debuting number one on the Billboard Hot 100, which is they are the first Korean act to ever debut a song at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, That's extremely impressive. Yes. And they announced it yesterday. Like, I think it was at like 10 or 11 a.m. 
uh, U.S. time, so East Co- West Coast time. And so that's like super late in the middle of the night in Korea. And all of them were still awake because my phone was blowing up on Twitter and then like on their their fan club app called Weavers. Like they kept sending messages like they were they couldn't believe it. And it was also one of the members' birthdays, Jungkook, the youngest one. It was his birthday, too. So it was like the best birthday gift he could have gotten kind of deal. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And they did a, a live stream last night, I think at like 10 or 1030. And they were like, we were up all night crying. I didn't go to bed until seven. I have no voice because they spent six hours crying. And I was like, <laughs> <sighs> it's just exciting because it was like this one thing that the fans could help give them. And it's something that they've always wanted to achieve. So the only thing left really to achieve is for them I mean, there's probably two things. One is to get nominated and win for a Grammy in a in a main category, which could happen this year, and also to perform yeah. one of their songs at the Grammys. And then the next would be to like get a Korean song, like a song in Korean on the top at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Like, there's more things to achieve, but these are the next things they could probably get. That's super cool, though. Yes. I'm just really excited about the BTS things. Nice. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you get so excited. I like it rubs off on me, your enthusiasm for them. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. Um. I don't have anything like that this week, but I did play Microsoft Flight Simulator, Katie, which I'm sure you're just thrilled to hear about right now. Hey, you know what? I think my best friend's husband also plays the flight simulator thing and he really likes it. So I'm glad that you like it too. So here's the thing. We did almost a whole episode of the geek podcast on this um not like as a main topic anyway and it's because all the technology behind it um the actual game the actual moment-to-moment gameplay itself it's you know it's a simulator like i i messed around with it it's interesting um but the the cool stuff in this one is like behind the scenes so it is using um it's microsoft right so it's using bing maps data and they're updating the map data every couple weeks. So it's close to real time, like actual world visualization because they're using satellite data from the entire world. So you can go literally everywhere in the world in this game. They also have it tied in to real life time of day, real life weather and real life traffic, like air traffic. So if you go into live mode, it is whatever the actual weather and time of day is at every location in the world with the real air traffic there at the same time. And that's the impressive part to me. Wow. Can can Bing Maps update their street view? Because that sucks. <laughs> they No, I don't think so. Oh. It's very much like satellite imagery from above that's being turned into polygons and buildings and stuff. Polygons? Um, I'm yeah, kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. all of that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's a fascinating game. Again, it's a simulator though. So one of the cool things, which is also on the flip side, why I'm not going to stick with it because I like video games that are very video gamey, right? Like it's it's one of my hobbies. I enjoy it, uh, you know. Um, but in a flight simulator, it is simulating flight. It is doing all the real physics, all the real like everything. So you can change the difficulty level. You can go like all the way easy. Um, which is kind of like it automates a lot of it for you and you just kind of get in the air and fly around. Um, If you go on the full sim side, 
every single button inside the cockpit actually does what it would do in a real plane and the plane controls completely like a real plane does so if you have like a flight stick and like a throttle attached to your computer and you are in sim mode and you can actually take that plane like off of the ground in the flight simulator you can essentially fly a plane in real life so that's super cool too that sounds slightly terrifying like really exciting but also terrifying yeah, I agree. I do not play in that mode, but I know people who do, and they're a very specific type of person, but the type of person who enjoys it really, really enjoys it. So again, I wanted to call it out because the technology behind Microsoft Flight Simulator, the 2020 version that just came out, is just so cool. Again, the moment to moment, if you're like a video gamey person like I am, probably not going to stick with it for you because you know I'm kind of done with it at the moment, um, but just the tech behind it is so impressive. I mean, at least like that's really cool. I mean, I think I want to say that my my friend's husband has the like throttle and stuff attached to it. Like, yeah, yeah, that would be cool, too. I, I would love to play around with a setup like that for like a long night. You know, I don't need it in my life. I don't need those peripherals that I have to take care of and remember where they are and hook back up and stuff. But if someone I know gets those, I will definitely go over and play around with it. That's why I think you would really like um Smu- uh, smugglers run the ride at uh at disney in the star wars land at disneyland yeah. because it, in it you actually like legitimately have to fly the uh millennium falcon and so oh, i would love that like if you screw up like you bump into stuff and then like the engineer in the back has to fix it <laughs> i know that would be fun because i was an engineer and the person that was flying sucked <laughs> wow Okay, on that pleasant thought, uh, I think it's time to wrap up. You guys can find us all over the internet. Our email address is DisneyForeverPodcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at DisneyEverPod. Uh, you can also talk to us in real time if you really want to, and you can join our Slack workspace or our Discord server. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the geek to geek podcast with BJ Keaton. And you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching the handle at Lady Catherine P. And I'm also the co-host on two other podcasts with my best friend, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop. This has been Disney Forever with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week as long as Disney keeps making content. That can't be forever, right? It's okay as long as they don't make any more Santa Buddy movies.